live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So, three months ago, I was introduced to a Sanskrit mantra, something to meditate on when I do my yoga. It goes like this. On an inhale, you say to yourself, Koham. And on the exhale, I say to myself, Naham. So what this translates to is on the inhale, it's an inquiry. Who am I? And on the exhale, it's a negation. I am not that. So this was, uh, this was fun to play with for a while. And, and uh, after about three weeks into this thing, I suddenly started to think about all the names and the identities that I have had in my life. So when I was a little kid, I was Frankie. And Nahum, I am not Frankie, not, not anymore. Although I do have two cousins who still call me Frankie. And uh, when I was in elementary school, I was Franklin. I did not like that name. I mean, even back then, I knew Nahum. I am not Franklin. I didn't like it. It was something about... Um, I, I thought my first name was Frank and my middle name was Lynn, and some, something didn't <laughs> click for me there. And then, of course, it was my friends who told me, no, man, you just don't even have a middle name, which is true. But in high school, I was given a big full name. I was, I was uh, Franklin D., and I really enjoyed that name. There was something kind of classy about it, and... Uh, and actually, I was named after Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So, I, you know, it was, it was good. It was a great name. But am I Franklin D? No, I am not Franklin D. So I've had other names. Let's see, 1972, I was in Northern California with a bunch of Sufis. And uh, there was a guy by the name of Pir Vilayat Anayat Khan. And I spent a half an hour with him alone. He was the, the teacher. Uh, philosopher, a very spiritual cat, and, uh, and he gave me a name. He gave me the name Muhaba. That was my Sufi name, and um, I never studied Sufism after that, but I, you know, if I'm in a crowd of Sufis, which actually does happen every once in a while, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, you know, I can say, well, yeah, I, I have a Sufi name, you know, and I say, it's Muhaba. And they said, where did you get that name? And I said, that was Pierre Vlyat. And they say, oh, man, he gave out the weirdest names. And, uh, but I, I also had um, another name. When I was born, I was given a Hebrew name, Ephraim. And I actually got to use that one time. I was in a uh, synagogue in Lisbon, Portugal, and I actually used it. But Muhaba, Ephraim, Naham, I, I am not that. My grandkids call me Budo, and I really like that. And to them, I'm Budo, but nah, I'm not really Budo. So I want to tell you a story about in 1970, a little, little more, this is a little fuller story. I was in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. I was 25 years old. And it was tail end of winter, early spring. I'm there with my buddy Kenny. Kenny Johnson, and we decided we'd had enough of St. Paul, Minnesota. So 
we figured we're going to hitch out to the coast, get back to Monterey Bay where it's warm and friendly and all that sort of stuff. So one morning we start out. We start hitchhiking. We're going west. And we get to South Dakota, and it takes a week for us to cross South Dakota, a full week. I mean, Kenny had this long red wild hair with a big red beard, and I had this long black curly hair and a black curly beard, and I'm carrying a guitar case and a, a, a U.S. Army surplus faded backpack, and uh, we both looked a little road-weary. and. You know, how many hippies are walking around in South Dakota back then in those days, 1970? Not too many, really. So it took us a long time. We finally get to Rapid City. We take a few days off and go up into the Black Hills, and we camp. And on the way back down, we say, well, look, we're going to take the first ride wherever it's going. If, if we go west, we're headed into Montana, real redneck country. Or if we get a ride going south, we're heading into the Bible Belt. Six of one, half dozen of the other, pretty much doesn't matter. So we get a ride south. And we start riding. We take, take rides south through South Dakota into uh, Nebraska. And it takes forever, days and days. We sit on the side of the road listening to birds, watching the grass grow. And it's, you know, it's very beautiful, but like nothing's happened. Hardly any cars even go by. We did get a ride from a, a cowgirl one day, which was wonderful. She took us about 50 miles, picked us up in the middle of nowhere, and dropped us off in the middle of nowhere and said, about 100 miles up the road on the right, you'll see a tree. It's good camping right there. So, yeah, they're so... She dropped us off, and it was a day and a half before we got a ride. And we actually got a ride, and we saw the tree, and we waved to the tree. And we continue south, and days and days we get a, a ride from a farmer. Uh, he's in a big old flatbed truck. I think by this time we're in, in uh, Kansas. And we're riding along. We're sitting in the front seat, and uh, this guy's driving, and... And it's the Bible Belt, like I said. And so the conversation cuts around to religion. And I suppose Kenny and I looked like we were uh, some kind of a cult, you know. And he says, so what, uh, what religion are you guys? And Kenny says, well, I'm Episcopalian. And, uh, and then I say, well, I'm Jewish. And the guy's eyes light up. And he says, oh. And he puts one hand on the wheel. And he takes off his St. Christopher's medal. And he hands it to me. And he says, here. You take this. You need this. This will be really good for you. This will protect you. This will guide you. And I'm thinking, wow, so here I am. I'm a wandering Jew under the auspices and guidance of, of St. Christopher, a new identity. Nah. And we finally get down to this little town in, uh, in Kansas, and, and it's hot, and there's an ice cream parlor. So Kenny and I go inside the ice cream parlor, and here we are, these two hairy guys, you know, just like, where did they come from? And we're licking our ice cream cones. And there are two doors to this place. And both doors open up at the same time, and two guys walk in, and they're both wearing suits and fedoras. Now, this is Kansas farm country. Like, these guys are not farmers. They walk right over to us, and they take out their wallets and flash FBI badges at us. They say, uh, 
can I have a few words with you guys? Well, sure. And they ask us, what are we doing there? And how do we get there? And what are we up to? And uh, even said, you know, we're looking for a couple of guys and they match your description. I said, well, yeah. how many guys like us are actually going through Kansas right now? And uh, he says, do you have ID? Yeah. And I take out my wallet and open it up, and there, there's my picture. It looks like me, and it says Franklin Engel. And that's me, right? So that's who I am. And they say, okay. And they finally let us go. And Kenny and I are thinking, we're right next to a train station, a depot, train depot. It's a yard, really, a freight yard. Let's get the hell out of the Midwest. We got to do this. We're going to hop a freight. Yeah. And so we skulk over to the freight yard and not knowing anything, we don't know anything about hopping freights. And we wait for a train to start pulling out, a freight train. And sure enough, one pulls out, we spot this, this big box car with an open door, and we're running alongside this box car, and I've got my guitar, and I heave my guitar up onto the floor of this box car. At which point I realized that floor of the box car is about this high. And I said, my guitar's up there. Oh my God, I know where I'm going. And there's these metal rungs, these iron rungs right by the door. And I grab hold of them and I get myself up there. I grab Kenny's pack. He climbs up and we're inside this boxcar. Door's wide open. And the, the, the ends of these boxcars, they're a little dim. I mean, they're huge cavernous uh, vehicles. And we see a guy down at one end who thought we had this car all to ourselves. We go down there, and there's this guy sitting down on a bunch of cardboard, and he's uh, wearing a knit cap, and he's got like 100 days' growth of beard, and uh, he's cooking beans in a can on top of a sterno can. And we start chatting with him. We're talking to him, and finally he looks at us. He says, well, uh, what are your names? And Kenny says, I'm Ken. And I said, I'm Frank. He says, no, no. He says, no, that, that'll never do. That'll never do. Uh, what are your monikers? You need some real monikers. And he looks at Kenny with his bright red hair, and he says, you, you're sterno-red. Then he looks at me and says, and you, you're San Francisco blackie. <laughs> this was so cool. I mean, we really had, we had monikers, you know. We had names, and for the next two weeks, we rode the rails, we rode into Denver, stayed there for a couple of days, and then we headed out north through Colorado and north up through Wyoming, and basically we're sort of retracing the steps that we took to come south. And uh, we get up into Montana, and you know, we stayed in hobo camps, and we met a lot of hobos. We ate with them, we slept on the side of the road, we, we, we didn't bathe for weeks. And uh, finally, we come over the Rockies, and we're down in the state of Washington, <clears throat> and we pull into Wishram. Uh, Wishram's just a little bit up the, uh, up the Columbia River, not too far away. But we get into Wishram, and we hop off the train, and we're following all of these, uh, these hobos to the camp. We're getting over to the camp, and, and uh, all of a sudden we hear, hey, you boys. And we turn around, it's the yard bull, it's the station master. He comes over to us and he says, oh, where are you boys going? 
He said, well, we're going over to the hobo camp. He says, no, 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 you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go over to the hobo camp. That's a dangerous place. And No, that's, that's not life for you. No, uh-uh, no. What's your names anyway? Kenny says, well, I'm Sterno Red. And I said, I'm San Francisco Blackie. And this guy, big smile on his face. He says, no, no. No, you ain't that. You ain't that. At which point, he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out a set of keys, and he puts them in my hand. And he says, now look, see that building over there? That's the roundhouse. That's where I live. But I don't really live there because I got my family up a block away, and that's where I stay at night. But that's my house. You go in there. You can take some showers, and you got some good beds in there, and there's a kitchen. There's a bunch of food. And uh, you treat yourself right. You stay away from those hobo camps. That's no life for you. That's not what you boys are cut out for. You say, okay, we got this key. We go. We did exactly what he said. And the next morning at 9 o'clock in the morning, he knocks on the door. This is his own door. He knocks on it, opens it up, comes in and greets us. And he says, now, over there on track number three, you can see it. There's a freight train there. You can hop on that, and it'll take you all the way into Vancouver. And take you west. He says, and just you remember, you stay out of them camps. You, you stay out of this life. This kind of life is not your kind of life. You stay away from this. Basically, he was saying, nah, hum. And we get to Vancouver. And now, 51 years later, I think about this. I think this, this meditation that I do, who am I? And I think, nah, hum, I am not that. And then I realize, I've been all of those things, all of them, every one of them. Thank you.